Okay. Uh, it's a good look there with the the hat and the uh, glasses and the headphones. It all runs together nicely. I feel like I look like Tom Brady in a post game conference. That's a good. To be I, guess I hate you. That's that's a good point. <laughs> Did you see that they're doing a? I don't want to say gritty reboot of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but like a serious reboot. And no. They released a weird little like intro, which is very weirdly similar to the intro to BoJack Horseman. Weird. Is it animated? Like him falling into a pool. God, that's very strange. No, live action. But it's like, and it has Will Smith doing the voiceover, but doing the lyrics from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air intro song, but like saying them. Like, now this is a story. All did, about how. Did you see the thing today about where Will Smith's in an interview? He used to fuck so much that it made him throw up. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. this is definitely going in the podcast now. Uh, let me grab that <laughs> out real quick and get this for us. And I know that he's doing a one-man show in which he talks about like actively planning to murder his dad. Yikes. And being like, I could get away with it because I'm Will Smith, and no one would ever believe that I murdered someone. I had sex. This is an exact quote. I had sex with so many women, and it was so constitutionally disagreeable to the core of my being that I developed a psychosomatic reaction to having an orgasm. It would literally <laughs> even make me gag and sometimes even vomit. <laughs> So he'd be having sex with these women and then vomiting on them because it disagreed with his constitution, which raises the question, why are you continuing to do it if it so violently clashes with your constitution that you literally throw up? They're great questions. We'll get to in a second. For the listener, welcome to Sauce Talk. Uh, I'm Johnny. This is Matt. Uh, back to the important conversation. Yeah, I guess that it, 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 I guess it would be evidence in favor of this really being a like medical condition with like addiction like properties. We're like, you know, buddy, that thing makes you throw up real bad. You should stop doing it. It doesn't seem like you like it all that much anymore. Maybe you used to like it. Do you like it now? What's going on? Maybe don't do that thing that hurts you so dang bad. I know. So is he claiming that is part of the article claiming that he was a sex addict and that's uh, why he couldn't stop? I didn't I didn't click on this article. I, I read a lot of people <laughs> talking about it on Twitter. Uh but uh, the, the people were frequently like, you could have told us about this and not gone into such detail. You could have phrased it differently instead of literally giving us the mental image of, you know what I did? <laughs> the threw up on these ladies. <laughs> uh, anyway, good, good open. Um, this is, we have been doing a cold open. This is the cold, this is, the, this is an icy open. Uh, this is going to be, I don't know why you're always the beneficiary. We're doing a no edit episode tonight. Oh my god! Uh, I'll yeah. So we're gonna do that. I uh, have shit to do. I'm tr- driving to uh, Springfield tomorrow for oh, Thanksgiving yeah? stuff, and I'm so I'm doing some laundry. I've got. I haven't done any packing yet. I'm recording this podcast. I got to get it turned around. I also have to play video games tonight. So uh, all of this stuff has to stack up. And one of the ways for it to stack up nicely is I finish recording this podcast and then I put it on SoundCloud and it goes out. 
and nothing happens in between. Ooh, fun. Uh, do you want to try to sing the song? I think I can sing the song. If you want to try to sing the song instead, you can. Wow. This is one of those things where you ask me to do something on the spot and it just immediately flies all the way out of my brain. That's why I'm terrible at trivia. That's I know a lot of useless crap, but on the spot, I'm like, uh. That's the main part everybody likes. That's good. So that's the song. Nobody can say we didn't do it. This guy knows the song. Everybody knows the song. Yeah, it's good. And if we like the song, we always like the thing that follows the song, which is me asking the beautiful question, hey, Matt, eat anything good lately? I did. Actually, I kind of spoiled it because I was sharing pictures with the group on Saturday night. Um, new lady friend Pam uh, handmade some pasta. Oh. Um, and stuffed with a cheese mixture. And I create, made a, well, I was making a Pomodoro sauce. Um, As always, can I get a spelling on Pomodoro? Oh, boy. Oh. P-O-M-O-D-O-R-O, I think. All unless O's. There's, there's, I think it's all O's unless there's a um, unless there's an E at the end. I don't know. I'm a bad Italian, I guess. Yeah, you'll be fine. Tell us about this sauce. Uh, this was just your kind of basic uh, tomatoes. So it was, I think, a, a whole thing of like kind of cherry-ish tomatoes. Slice and then a can, a big can of stewed tomatoes, just with some garlic and some olive oil, and then I and we added uh, some fresh oregano and also some capers to add a little, little saltiness, cut down on the sweetness. It was very good. It was very good. No complaints there. Uh, that sounds excellent. I am always. Uh, I I don't understand. Maybe maybe this is a weird thing, but may, should cherry tomatoes be the regular ones? And then the big tomatoes are called like tennis ball tomatoes or something. Like <laughs> I feel like if you go to the store, you can always get some good cherry tomatoes. And if you go to the store and you want to buy a big tomato, it's like you got a three week window every year. Right. Half the time they're just balls of wax disguised yeah. as tomatoes. But those cherry tomatoes are always fine. Why do they work so good? I mean, I, I assume know, they're all coming thing. from greenhouses or something, but I don't. Hmm. I don't know why those little guys are so good. Uh, sounds like a great sauce. And uh, based on the photographic evidence we received, it looked like an incredible meal. I've never had the audacity to attempt a homemade pasta, and I doubt that I ever will. But yeah, it looked amazing. I don't know if uh, I don't know if I'll ever do that, <laughs> uh, especially when I have someone to make it for me. But that was just that was just my the eating anything good lately. I, I actually had a a sauce prepared that was just part of the meal. Oh my good, you're right. You know, I, I that is that is poor hosting on my part. I do not in, intend to. Uh, conflate your eat anything good lately and your sauce. That is not the sauce. Uh, now, we still wanted that correct spelling, and we're happy to potentially have it. But, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, that was a, a great thing you ate. And uh, how do you? How about this? I've never made uh, uh, homemade pasta. Do, mm -hmm. do, do, you, do you just boil it the same way? What do you do at the end? So you do boil it, but it's only for like one to okay. three minutes. That's what I was thinking. So, I was like, but it'll hold up for that long. But I was like, there's no way you can just set it in the pot and let it boil for 10 minutes or whatever. Oh, it would just dissolve. Yeah. Entirely. yeah. But it can, it can, it, sure. so you do boil it, but it's just for a short amount of time. Yeah. Okay. This is informational for the people. Now, do you think it's probably what happens is that you don't know whether you boil homemade pasta and then really soon after that you can make it? 
Is that probably how it works? <laughs> that's no. definitely how it works. I don't think that's how I'm not making this shit ever. But uh if somebody tries to make it for me, I will say yes. Indeed. Uh we've got we've got a lot of really good topics, but then our first one is actually something that you brought up, but it, it is a thing uh I had been thinking about, and I'm sure everybody's thinking about this time of year, but it's a great idea. It's a good thing to get our takes on here. We're gonna talk about in general uh Christmas decoration timing. Uh, you hear people talk about this a lot. It's a topic on everyone's lips. Uh, so there, there's obviously two different categories here. We have the decorations going up in and on your home, or if you, I guess you might decorate your car, whatever you do, things you decorate. And then there's also when the decorations begin showing up in stores. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, you you mentioned this as a thing you thought might be fun to talk about. I'll let you kind of guide the conversation here at the beginning. So first off, just at the very least, what uh, when you mentioned this, which of those two were you thinking of? Uh, the Christmas decorations on people's homes. Because this year I noticed that I think I saw like a tree go. The first tree went up on my street maybe two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. And this which, is uh, November 23rd. So that'd be early November. Early November, like very shortly after Halloween. Um, and then... And now <clears throat> I've noticed that's probably like three or four trees and like a couple of people with their outside, uh, how outside of the house or apartment decorated too. And it just, it struck me as very, very early. Like I know Christmas creep in stores is a thing, but are, is, are people's decorative habits at home kind of inching backwards to meet the, you know, the day after Halloween Christmas store displays? I do think there I, I get the vibe that people used to be more embarrassed and now because of the internet, the Christmas crazy people are finding each other and they're like, No, fuck it. I love Christmas stuff and like you see more and more people saying it's okay to listen to Christmas music November first. And that used to be something of a controversial take. Mm -hmm. uh, this we're gonna get sidetracked real hard now. Uh, I used to love Christmas music, and now I'm kind of over it. And I really—I think this is just an obvious. I just have lived too many Christmas seasons now to give a shit about that anymore. There aren't enough songs that are any good. I've heard all of them. I guess the ones when I was like three or younger don't count. So I've heard all these songs still over thirty years of listening to them. Nothing can hold up to that. I there's no way I could still want to hear these songs. I bounce around stuff too much. Do you like Christmas music? I do like Christmas music, um, though I can understand why at this point it would one could feel that it was old. Like you've just heard the same stuff over and over again yeah. your entire life. There hasn't really been an addition to the Pantheon since All I Want for Christmas is You. And even that was at this point 20 years ago. I think older? it's more than that. And then I think that Kelly Clarkson song has basically made it in. Yeah. I can't even tell you what it's called. I don't give a shit about that either. I, if there were, if there just aren't enough songs. And I, some of it is also just, I made like when Spotify started, I would just make a good playlist of the actual good ones. And now I've heard that playlist too many times. And like, as like, as soon as I go to put that back on after Thanksgiving, I listen to it once, and I'm like, I'm I'm sick of this from last year. I if there are 23 Christmas songs I give a shit about, I've heard all of them enough. 
I think maybe if, if I had my choice, I would hear Christmas music on Christmas Eve and no other day. And then like yeah. someone can like I will hear jingle bells, not the song, but the bells themselves <laughs> happening on Christmas. And actual silver bells. Yeah, exactly. Randomly ringing. That's them. fine. And then like if like someone if I no one can come to my house and carol. But if caroling happens near me when I am outside and I can easily leave without anyone looking at me, that's okay too. You come to my house, you get what you deserve, and you're going to find out what that is. What What is that? Uh, come to my house and fucking sing at me and see if you, see if you like it happens. <laughs> you, do you, go around, you ever go around caroling? You're a singer guy. Maybe you do that. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm talking shit to the wrong guy. No, I've never, uh, I've never gone caroling. The, the Glee Club does do a couple of Christmas songs, um, but they are – not your kind of usual Christmas classics. And something like that, That I'm sure that's very good, especially because at the very least, it's not a song I've heard 300 times in the last eight years. I would be surprised if Fear's Fuck Christmas is in anybody's heavy <laughs> Christmas rotation. Now, it could be that I, maybe I'm wrong, and I, I've overstated the depth and quality of my Christmas playlist. And in fact, the, there's a fuck Christmas song I need to know. And if I just found the right stuff, I'd be back in. Uh, you could but, probably create some sort of anti-Christmas song list. I'm sure that there's enough songs about how much Christmas sucks yeah. uh, that you could kind of counter-program and then maybe move back into the Christmas spirit that way after like a year. I'm not a Grinch. Like, <laughs> I like Christmas fine. I just... I'm mm -hmm. tired of these songs. Okay. I'm a little bit of a Grinch. Uh, How do you feel about the early decorations? The early decorations, I try to abstain from the argument. Uh, now, Gina told me that one of her friends put up her Christmas tree in her house before Halloween. Wow. And, like, just, like, not a Halloween tree. Put up the Christmas tree. It's like, I'm I mean, ready to go. I want. I like my house better when that's there. Uh, I get that time has no meaning anymore. And I will say that last year, I we definitely got a tree like the Saturday after Thanksgiving and put it up and left it up until after, you know, the new year for a bit. Not a huge amount of time, but a bit, a couple weeks probably. Um, so I can understand like, it's nice having the tree is nice the lights are nice you know you turn off all the other lights and you have it on you're watching tv or whatever um boy it's just so my personal rule is no christmas stuff until after thanksgiving i feel like it's important for me to demarcate time like okay this is halloween time and now this is thanksgiving time and now this is christmas time and then it's just terrible winter until you know things get better again So first off, I think you're right. The having the tree in your house is nice. Maybe we should just get away from Christmas tree and just always have a nice fir tree in our house. We go get, I don't know how long you can keep your tree. That's how long it goes. And you just put new stuff on it or switch the tree out. Or if you get an artificial one, just always have a Christmas, always have a tree. And it's like, ooh, Easter's coming up. You put some fucking eggs on it. That's pretty good. Valentine's Day comes up, yeah, you know, heart garlands. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand the need for, I mean, if you put your Christmas tree up in October, 
you're and then you let it ride a little bit. You're talking about a quarter of the year is Christmas season now. Yeah. But that's Gina's friend has got that trip for like three and a half months at least. Yeah. No, I think it's got to, you can't have a regular Christmas tree that long, right? It's got to no, be, that's got to be fake. How yeah. long can you have a regular Christmas tree? That's going to put a dent in my plan <clears throat> for always have a tree in your house. Oh, uh, I think, let's see. So I've done it for about, I guess, two months ish. I feel, yeah, I mean, all right. of, all of December, but then like, you know, the week after Thanksgiving and then a couple weeks or so after. Yeah. New Year's, that's about two months. And there's stuff you can buy to like help preserve it and keep all the leaves, needles from falling off. Um, I grew up with the just put some Sprite in there every once in a while method. Oh, I did that a thing. I didn't know that. Tree shocking like Sprite. well. Yeah. Tree and I are alike in that way. I like Sprite too. <laughs> I did I as a kid. I would, I would drink my, <laughs> my glass of Sprite with ice underneath the tree that was also drinking Sprite. One for you, one moment. for me. One for you, <laughs> one right. for me. Give the tree a big uh, hug. Big. Mom won't keep Sprite in the house most of the year, but fuck you now. That's right. Not a big soda household in the Schmidt household. So like, ah, oh, I got a two, get two liter for the tree, and I'm just going to pour myself a little bit over here. So I don't want a bunch of Christmas shit in my house in October, but... Honestly, if somebody lived with me and they wanted it, it wouldn't kill me. I don't especially care. Do you object to? And then I okay. And then on the other hand, uh, the Christmas decorations. I will reiterate first. I'm not a Grinch. And then the Christmas decorations that I put up, if uh, no one is living in my house making me do it, are non-existent. Uh, <laughs> but I, I love Christmas and I have a lot of spirit. Sure, sure. Uh, now, what about in the stores? People get mad, like, oh, Christmas creep. Earlier every year. Uh, do you, do you, now, do you go to a lot of stores you see this? I mean, not really. It's Target. There's a Target that I can walk to. So if I need to pick up a few things, you know, I'll do that. And that was definitely, you know, the day after Halloween. They had cleared out a section where it wasn't up yet, but it was ready. You know, the boxes with labels and stuff. And I, I have gone in a few times in the last couple of weeks and just seen the giant Christmas section. Like, yeah. Oof. Oof. I haven't been to my Target in a, probably a couple of weeks. The last time I was there, you could see they were starting to get the wheels in motion, but there was nothing mm -hmm. up yet. But I did go get uh, my booster shot, and I checked the date because I remembered this, and it was November 12th. And I got my booster shot at a Walmart, and boy, they were not in the process. They were well underway. They were not uh, it fucking was, around. It was loaded <laughs> up with everything Christmas everywhere. Christmas music playing over the speakers. Oh boy, uh, nothing but. Uh, I had a good time walking around the Walmart. It was very weird. I don't go to the Walmart uh, mm -hmm. ever because there's a Target near me, and there's not a Walmart, and. It's easy to be like, yep, these big box stores are all the same. And then you go in the Walmart. It's like, oh, they got some stuff different over here. There's some stuff I forgot about. I like walking around in there and seeing what's going on. Did you do the thing where you had to like walk around for 15 minutes after you got your shot just to uh, make sure you didn't fall over dead or something? I So this was my third shot. I got all my shots at Walmart because I have strong brand loyalty to uh, Walmart vaccines. They've served me well so far. <laughs> 
But also early on, I just quickly found that like Walmart's in the first, well, the first, really what it was is the first shot I got was at a Walmart, like two and a half hours away in a red portion of the state where nobody wanted shots. And so then they were like, well, let's schedule a second one. We can do it closer. And so then it just became like, oh, that's what happens is every time I get a shot, Gina and I take a Friday afternoon off of work and go get the shot and wander around to Walmart and act weird. But uh, this was by far my best shot experience where the the uh, person administering the shot, was his name was Chad, but he was not a Chad. He was a cool guy. Mm-hmm. And he was very chill. And he asked me about how my previous shots had gone. And he was like, you like that Moderna? And I was like, I sure do. He's like, let's get you one more. And I was like, hell yeah. And then uh, he was like, uh, didn't have any bad effects or anything, right? And I was like, no. He's like, you can just go. And so he didn't make me stay at all. He was like, do whatever you want, man. You're cool. And so uh, <laughs> that's what I did. Got out of there. Well, no, I mean, I didn't hang around the area, but I, I just was still interested in, in uh, experiencing the Walmart, going to buy the Gatorade they tell you to buy so you don't feel sick oh, and yeah. all that. And I cannot tell you the last time I was in a Walmart. I really can't. It's been so long. Yeah. Before the shots this year, I don't know what it would have been. Um, probably, I think there was, I was, we think I went to a Walmart in St. Paul once. So that would have been when I lived over there before 2018. Okay. So years. But yeah. Um, oh, the one other thing I noted, this is what got me thinking about Christmas decoration time, timing in general, is that, uh, Gina and I watched the Peanuts Thanksgiving special. When's the last time you saw that? Um, never. Yeah. Uh, that show is from 1973. And they make jokes about how they put the Christmas stuff out in the stores too early in that. <laughs> so is this one of those things where... And so it's like, we, does Christmas we, creep even exist? <laughs> Has it just always been this? Why are we still mad? It's always been this way. It's like we well in advance of it. Thanksgiving, and Charlie Brown is like, these motherfucking stores already have all their Christmas shit out. What about all the other holidays? And it's 1973 they're telling us about this. We need to get a oh. new fucking joke. I was my own away. thoughts coming out of Charlie Brown's mouth about uh, the importance of demarcating the holiday seasons. I also, you sound like a good candidate for me to mention this since you said you hadn't seen it. That show is fucking terrible. Uh, I vaguely remember. I watched all the things. I liked the Halloween one. And I didn't like. I mostly was not super into the peanut stuff. I was shocked at how much it is unfunny, stupid, based on characters not talking to each other for stupid reasons. Uh, Charlie Brown is a sad sack crybaby who ought to kick himself in the face. Uh, they're still running out the same Lucy football bit every time. How could you be interested in that? They take like five minute breaks to be like, and then Snoopy and the what's the yellow bird called? I'm I'm a super fan. Oh God, Woodstock. Uh, yeah, Woodstock. Snoopy and Woodstock <laughs> just fuck around and bad jazz music plays for five minutes. Uh, it it is so rough and so unfunny. Wow. I was about to tell you that I had a hot take, but it sounds like you might actually agree with me, is that I find the 
Charlie Bound Christmas jazz to be some of the most depressing music on earth. It's I I am down with that. Although again, I've just listened to it too many times. I don't especially like it, but it is uh, the epitome of melancholy. There's nothing else happening there besides like remember those previous Christmases when your for all your dreams died. <laughs> this will remind you of that. Think about how much your life has changed. Boy, you sure got hard, didn't you? Uh, nobody needs to come and make a joke about me. I said, boy, you sure got hard, didn't you? Fuck, cut yeah. that shit out. No edits, though, so it's going to no But Yeah, that, that is some, some whack-ass, sad jazz music. But there's, like, there's a reason why that Arrested Development gag. Yeah. It's him walking around all super sad with the Vivaldi trio music playing in the background. <laughs> uh, I think we might get some pushback on some of those peanut steaks. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, it's time for our next topic. Matt, what sauce are you bringing to the table this week? I actually brought it onto the camera, which is helpful for our audience. Ooh. This is uh, oh, fun. Trader Joe's Yuzu Hot Sauce. Um, so it's like very citrusy and spicy and a little bit sour. Um, it's really good. Yuzu, Y-U-Z-U, hot sauce from Trader Joe's. It says simultaneously spicy and citrusy fragrant. I think that's accurate. It's very tasty. For some reason, I was almost positive that someone had talked about the sauce before, but then I quickly scrolled through the titles and I don't think I saw it, but you know. Pat Polk, feel free to tell me that I'm wrong. I can't say that I'm familiar with it, but I also am not exactly on top of things tonight. So it's possible I'm wrong. But it it, it sounds really good, both just like the name of it and the way you described it. What do you you like to do with this? Uh, I had it on some some steak tacos the other day. Really good. Threw it on some eggs the other morning. Uh, Also very tasty. Just anything that, you know, would do well with both a little bit of hot and a little bit of sour. Yeah, getting that sour in there is a really, like, that is often a thing is, like, in the background of mm-hmm. any good hot sauce. But really making that a prominent part of it sounds very good. Um, okay. This is not a hot take. And it's not, I don't, I think I've seen indications of this. But I find it more and more striking all the time as things progress. Or, or perhaps regress. Isn't it crazy how similar the 85 Bears and 2016 Cubs are? <laughs> Teams that should have been the start of a dynasty. And everybody really thought they were going to be. Everyone really thought they were going to be. Like, look and at all just... these cool young players who are going to be around forever and age gracefully together and always be on the team. And pretty much just completely fell... But they, they, they didn't just fall off. Like they, like both teams were still very good the next year. Like I looked That's it up. True. The '86 Bears went 14 and two. Okay. But then they lost in the divisional round of the playoffs. They just lost their first playoff game, and then 27 or the 17 Cubs went to the NLCS. Yeah, obviously and lost. Uh, insane fluke making it to the NLCS, though. If you remember the 2017 yeah. division series, they uh, that game five. That's that's the national series. 
Yeah. They had like the worst three run scoring inning or whatever of all time against <laughs> Max Scherzer. We're like, nobody hit the ball hard. <laughs> People were doing cheating, catcher's interference plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the things that had to happen for them to win that game so they could go get crushed in the next round by the Dodgers, I think. Dodgers, uh, yeah. Absurd. So, uh, it felt like that national series just, even though they won, it kind of broke their spirit. Yeah, <laughs> they just and, didn't have anything left in the tank after that series. Yeah. And so, and and then things just continuing downhill from there. And then now, obviously, it's not the '85 Bears if the Cubs just win a random World Series in the next ten years or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, it obviously won't be any. It won't be the. All those guys are gone. It'll be dramatically a, a remarkably different team. But the idea with both teams was that they were going to have this core group go on and do stuff. And now that core group is just gone. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be like that again, even if they are successful. Uh, why do you are there? Why do you think this happened? Why do you think there <laughs> is so much willingness to let that core group fade away? I mean, I feel like with the Bears, wasn't it that Dick and Buddy Ryan just basically fucking hated each other? Yeah. Um, and they started trading away. I don't know. I, I, well, let's see. 86, 87 Bears. Jim McMahon got hurt. He really wasn't that good. Oh, God, this, this the, the Bears QB situation over the last forever is just depressing <laughs> like i don't know i can't i can't remember what exactly happened but i feel like some of the the defensive starters weren't as good the next year or maybe buddy ryan left soon thereafter and that's what just caused everything to fall apart and he went to the when coach the eagles that's probably part um, of the problem it seems like ha- even back then or now and you the, the current bears you see issues with this as well not that i am very knowledgeable but it is much more sustainable to get like the right quarterback and the right coaching system in place and say, we're going to have a good offense year after year after year. Whereas like defenses and defensive talent seems to just age so quickly that like the idea that like we have the best defense in the NFL this year, and we think we're still going to have a top five defense three years from now is not really very realistic. Whereas if you go get the right coach and the right quarterback, you can just say, yeah, top five offense every single year, we're going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And so when you outscore you no matter what, yeah, and if our so, defense can catch up in any given year, then that's a year we'll make it deeper on the playoffs. Yeah. And then if, but if your team is based on otherworldly defense, then you shouldn't say we have a team that's great in the long run. And don't worry, our, our punky QB who secretly isn't very good, but is good at always getting hurt. He's going to get way <laughs> better after the season. We win the Super Bowl. And that'll fix everything. No. Absolutely. And so can you do the same thing with the Cubs? Can you like that team feels pretty legit. I don't know what more you'd ask for in a team to say like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a team that stays good. Other than we are in a weird phase in baseball now where young players like the aging curve is just a line going down. <laughs> and like, People come to the majors at 21 and that's not uncommon at all for them to be that for that to be their best season. And like you can't, it used to be like, oh yeah, he's going to hit his prime at 27, and then that's when he's going to blow up. And some guys do, but a lot of guys are have their best year at 21 or 23, and when they're 27, they're just 10 percent worse than they were at their peak, which was 21 to 24. And that's like very, very common now. 
So maybe they're just a victim of that, and it was very easy to look at that team and say these guys will get better. Or you could also look at the team and say uh, we have smart people running the team, and I'll bet they will develop and or acquire a pitcher ever, and instead they didn't. (laughs) What, you mean you should actually develop arm talent at some point within your organization's history or actually – draft and develop a young QB that might have some promise at some point in yeah. the organization's history. I mean, I guess that's the answer for every team always. And why did this team that was good not stay good is that they got to the hard part where they weren't just drafting at the top and that was harder and they didn't do that great. And it's cool that we got to go win the world series, but it's less cool that we had that team. And then all of a sudden, like, well, we don't have a top five draft pick. We, we can't get anyone. Nobody's going to be any good. Yeah. Instead, we're going to get Ian Happ, who will be kind of good for half of a year. As and Ian then... Happ is kind of a feather in the cap of the late period uh, Theo drafts, I think. <laughs> which is uh, saying, which is bad. part of the reason why we're in the place we're in right now. <laughs> like, that's one of the, the, the bright spots. It's like, hey, look, we made a major league baseball player. Pretty cool, huh? Kind of. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of made a major league baseball player. You kind of made a fourth outfielder. I um, hate to say it though, but I think that like it's it's very you know Chicago sports homer uh, thing. But I think that the ownership bears some blame in both situations, and I think in very different ways. Um, but I think they both play their parts. I mean, obviously the Ricketts are like, yeah, we're going to build, you know, Cubs Disneyland and then invest none of that money into the team and basically fire everybody during COVID-19, which I don't think happened anywhere else, or at least not that I heard. A lot about the Cubs legitimately having trouble, like identifying trade targets at the deadline when they wanted to sell because they just didn't have scouts on the road. They right. just did not have enough bodies, which and those scouts get paid shit. The idea is like, nope, we wanted to save, I don't know, five guys at sixty thousand dollars a head, and so now we don't, we can't tell our general manager who to try to trade for in the Rockies system or something. I mean, that's humiliating. That's like, insane. You look at what you're spending on these players, and it's like, man, one guy at a minimum salary might buy you eight scouts. Like, you're... fucking write the checks. You don't have to fire everybody just because you found an excuse to do it, but. I guess that's plan A. Yeah. Like, good God. Then, of course, the McCaskies. Or the McCaskies. I went to school with one of the McCaskey grandkids, actually. John. He's a pretty good guy. But, um, you know, nobody ever says the McCaskies aren't like decent human beings. Yeah. They just, I don't know. They just don't like hire football people. And then they just don't know what to do. It's the damnedest thing. You think that the family of someone who like kind of invented modern football as we know it, or at least, you know, took giant steps towards inventing modern football as we know it, would be like, hmm, maybe we should get someone that like knows how they're doing and not just believe that somehow all of this is innate within our family um, and we can do it forever because we somehow are better prepared than anybody else on earth. It's one of those situations where I honestly don't really know what, like, the McCaskies get out of it at this point. I think I'd much rather have all the money the Bears are worth 
than own a football team that always sucks and everybody says I'm a moron. I, I guess Virginia McCaskey <laughs> is probably not on Twitter going through her ad <laughs> mentions to see that everybody wants her to die and have the team go to someone smart. But I just I feel like if you don't like football that much, great news. You can have all the money in the world. And I know, like, <laughs> $2 you're not billion. Hurting, dollars. Yeah. But, like, why not just go get that money and then somebody else who really wants to do like? And, again, you can, like, Steve Cohen bought the Mets and, go oh, great. He really likes the Mets. That's terrible news. He really wants to be involved. Uh, so, and, he, and he's just a moron. Uh, so it's not like that's any sort of guaranteed success. But I just mean personally for them, if you're not that into football and everybody kind of seems to hate your guts, it's like, oh, I guess this is – this is what our family is known for. We are the people who own the Bears. I'd rather have the money than own the Bears, I think. At some point, you yeah. got to think you just get tired of the abuse or tired of you know, everybody hating you. I don't know. Maybe maybe those people are just in such a bubble that they don't even know. Is that possible? I mean, they're not like going to press conference and getting yelled at by the reporters. That's true. Though at this point, apparently, uh, Matt Nagy's kid played in a – uh, football playoff game, like a state football playoff game, and the opposing team, the opposing team's fans started chanting "Fire Nagy." Hell yeah, that's smart. Like, I like, like that. Oh my that's a good god, job. let him fucking hear about it. <laughs> that guy's an idiot, right? I don't really know anything about the Bears, but I keep seeing stuff on defect. It's like, how about that? We can talk about that for a second. That guy fired. <laughs> not yet but i mean like it, there's that that one guy is going around saying he's already been told he's been fired i know and it's a former pulitzer prize winning yeah. journalist except he posted about it through like patch.com i think it's some local com? news aggregator hmm. website one of those deals but like dude has a pulitzer prize so maybe like who and the, there was a press conference today that was super weird and the bears have not issued any sort of statement so it's just like, it's out there. And Nagy was like, no, we haven't had any such discussions. And like all the Bears really need to do to look even halfway competent would be like, we have not had any discussions with Matt Nagy about his future as the Bears head football, head, you know, head football coach of the Bears. Even if it's a lie, who that's, gives a shit? That's what I was going to say. Even if it's a lie, that ends it here. It really feels like there's a chance publicizing this will unfire him. <laughs> That they're like, well, you know what? What Detroit is kind of frisky. They had that tie recently, don't forget. So if we beat them, that's pretty good. And it's weird that we lied about whether or not – we wouldn't talk about whether he was fired. So if we win, he's not fired. And if we lose, we'll say that's why he's fired. And you fire him at the end of the season anyway. Yeah. I uh, I also really enjoyed reading that part of the reason the some people are like the Bears are not going to want to fire him in the middle of the season, in addition to just like that's not what they do, is that they don't have any good uh, head coaching candidate for like the rest of the season on the team. Like they don't know who would do it. And I was like, imagine like not only do you have this terrible coach that everybody thinks is going to get fired and sucks. Like should we get like a good assistant? Like no. Just get incompetent, unqualified, no experience assistant coaches. So that way we have no choice but to keep him forever. Which is insane considering it was just two games ago that he, that Nagy couldn't coach because he had COVID and he just picked a guy, Chris Tabor, the special teams coach. Sure. Who gives a shit? Like the team like didn't 
fail to get off the bus and get into the stadium. Like, I don't know what <laughs> yeah. level of competence is required to play out this last seven games of what is going to be shit football. But hey, at least you got that, that big, uh, early first round draft pick coming up. <laughs> oh, wait, never mind. Just kidding. Oh, wait, so no. you're going to, you're not going to lose out and get, like, it's what the Giants who's, who's got it. Yeah. Yeah. You're all speaking for the Giants watching all of this. Like, yeah, you guys should fire all your coaches and, let the guys on the field call the plays. Good idea. Absolutely. You guys can somehow still end the season with one win if this goes right. Some of these wins are going to, some of these losses are going to count for double. God. There's only one good sports team in Chicago right now. Well, two if you count this guy, but their season is over. Bulls and White Sox. What are you talking about? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, like right now. Oh, oh, well, yeah, but how many teams are playing right now? That's very specific. Bears. Bulls, Blackhawks. <laughs> hey, let's talk about the Blackhawks sexual assault scandal for a while. Oh, let's not. No, let's not. Uh, I read the, I read some stuff about that, and I was like, Jesus Christ, this is dark. Uh, yeah. Bad stuff. But hey, the Bulls, frisky, aside from being Frisky selling the them short. Uh, the Bulls have been fantastic. They've been one of the best teams in the East. And then the Pacers are like, wait, we have two guys that are both 6'10 and can score, so we're just going to do that all game, which is something I'm not really sure why other teams haven't been exploiting as much. I understand, you know, I know Caruso is out, so that's, you know, one of your best defenders, a guy who consistently, like, helps double team you. You're opposing big men, but still. The like, travel damn. stuff was apparently very bad. I saw people, Lee mentioned that, and then mm-hmm. uh, I guess it's we were coming back from the West Coast and uh, on the road in the back-to-back. And so apparently that's just auto loss. And that they really made sure to hammer home that auto loss by <laughs> not scoring any points. <laughs> the shitty pace. by 33. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's auto losses, and then there's, oh, boy. We just we, we should have done what the Bears did and not got off the bus. That would have been great. That would have been fantastic. That was in <clears throat> Chicago, too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the first, it was the first game home. Yeah, that sucks. It's crazy. I can't remember if this was because it used to be the thing where every year the Bulls would go on this extended West Coast road trip because literally the circus came to town. <laughs> Farnham and Bailey's Ringling Brothers Circus would come and they'd set up shop in the United Center for like. How does the circus get weeks. the United Center? Who's going to the fucking circus? I don't know. I mean, I I went once as. Like, oh, you! Yeah. You're the guy supporting less. It's okay. me. I, I'm fully in supporting of circuses, clowns, and cruelty <laughs> to elephants. These are all things that I that I fully support Good. as a human being. But so they, that doesn't happen anymore, though. I mean, I guess with no, maybe with COVID, circuses are back. I could see that. I being don't know. A big trend. I can't. I don't remember the circus coming to town at least at the United Center for the past while but then again i haven't really been paying that much attention or watching local tv or listening to local radio yeah. so it's possible it happened and i never knew about it yeah well that would be a cool move so you know how all the older generations are trying to pit uh the millennials and the zoomers against each other mm-hmm. the zoomers should take them up on that and then they should try to bring back all the industries that millennials kill. Like they should make the circus popular and chain restaurants and mm-hmm. uh what else did we kill? Whatever else we did. They should uh, just say like that's all they like. Yeah. 
Like they love the circus. You, the United Center, they got it. The, the Bulls have to play the first half of the season on the road and the second half at home because the, the Zoomers are filling up the United Center six nights a week to see the circus from like October to mid March. That back half of the schedule is going to be tightly filled. You might have some two a days in there. Basketball doubleheaders. Yeah, those aren't going to be popular to anybody. Mm-mm. Okay, we have time for one more segment. And this is the exact sort of segment you specifically said at the beginning <laughs> you didn't like. Because it's just putting you on the spot. But I think this is broad enough. We're going to be okay. And if okay. you don't like it, I'll just cut the, cut it out in that lengthy editing session that's going to follow. <laughs> uh, how about we talk about a time. Can you think of any stories about a time you or someone close to you got lost? Hmm. That's a good question. I don't think that I've ever been like lost, lost. I remember a time when I definitely, I remember a time when I was a kid and I like do that thing where like you're half paying attention while following your parent. Yep. And then at some point, someone who vaguely looks like them also comes into your view and you just start following them unconsciously. And then you look up five minutes later, like, oh, you're a stranger. (laughs) I definitely have a memory of doing that in the J.C. Penney's at Golf Mill. Um, Maybe Randhurst. Anyway, various one of the various malls of my childhood. Um, But I've never I don't think I've ever been like lost, lost, like driving somewhere, no idea where I am trying to get someplace else. What happened when you got uh, separated at the JCPenney? I just wandered around for like two minutes until I found my, my actual mom. That's good. So you <laughs> There was no announcement or anything. That's, that's exactly the standard yeah. I was going to go to. I think you're not lost as a kid until they have to get on the loudspeaker. And like I definitely had that. And I had to be like at Walmart as like a six-year-old and like will johnny's mom come to the front of the store (laughs) total humiliation uh i also once got separated from my family at a water park and i remember walking around and around and around and i couldn't find my parents or sister and then eventually a hero mom saw like this little boy looking very scared wandering around. It was like, are you looking for your mom? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) And then like, she helped me look. And then she went and got like a lifeguard. And I think we had to do the announcement thing there too. I was pretty good at getting very lost. And then at that point I had been gone long enough. And like my parents were walking around looking for me too. We were probably just going in circles, missing each other. Mm. But I, I, I specifically, even now, I don't know how old I was. I was very young. But I remember this mom coming over to help me and then being like, that's incredible. She's so good. I never would have had the nerve to go tell the lifeguard I was lost. I was very scared. Uh, But it all worked out. Otherwise, I'd probably still be at that water park. (laughs) You'd you'd be the manager there now. God. You think I could really be the manager, Matt? I do. I believe in you. This is one of those sliding door situations where if I hadn't run into that stupid mom, I could fucking (laughs) be somebody today. I'd be running I'd, a, I'd a small regional water park. No student loan debt. Uh, I'd probably be fuck. I'd have a super tan from being out in the sun all day. Probably be swole as fuck with that swimmer's body. 
I mm-hmm. hook up with all the lifeguards, age appropriate only. I would age up with them, and not, no, I'm not saying like that. And uh, that's probably I, I could sleep in the equipment shed under like I could use a lifesaver as a pillow. Yeah, and the solar thing they put on the pool as a blanket. All the nacho cheese you could eat. I already have that. <laughs> that's the same. That stays the same. It's the one thing I'd keep. One thing I keep. <laughs> Okay. Well, can I tell you a slightly dark story oh, of a do. of a mall me being a mall child? Let's do it. Um, definitely in a food court. I think waiting in line for Taco Bell, um, and someone started like throwing change towards me. You specifically? I'm pretty sure. That's bad. Or started throwing change. Like I was pretty little, so I was like going and picking it up my mom definitely was not paying attention um and i got to like that area where the tables started there's that gap you know where people could walk between the taco bell and the tables and for some reason an alarm alarm bell started going off in my brain like maybe i should stop doing this and turn back around (laughs) and and at the time i was like oh look someone was like throwing some quarters so i guess i'm gonna pick them up or dimes or whatever time to get paid yeah yeah and then in retrospect was like oh I may have been like almost child trafficked. <laughs> it's, I mean, what are the options if it's not someone trying to take you? It like could be someone just throwing change. That's what I was going to say. Is it, it, like... it could be someone making light of child trafficking by saying, <laughs> isn't it ironic that I'm doing what a child trafficker would do? I don't know what option three is. Nothing good. <laughs> Like I get the, maybe there's some rich person and they got so much money in their pockets it's exploding out and it just happens to go near you. But I'm saying that's pretty unlikely. I, I yeah. think it's either mocking the idea of child trafficking or child trafficking. Yeah. And honestly, do you want to hang out with the teens who mock child? Tra- maybe maybe they really want to go far and how ironically they can mock <laughs> child trafficking. Isn't it so funny that we're doing exactly what those bad people do? Our ironic racism is hilarious. Do you follow uh, Pope Hat on Twitter? No. Ken White. He's like a First Amendment criminal defense attorney. He's pretty good follow. Uh, he has this rule called the rule of goat fucking, which is even if you ironically fuck a goat, you've still <laughs> fucked a goat. There you go. Absolutely. That's fantastic. I love that. Uh, yeah. You did, you did still fuck a goat. I don't. One time when I was hanging out, oh, this was more specific than that. In two, I can in 2015, me and Aaron Lauder and Charlie mm-hmm. went to the Cubs wild card game in Pittsburgh. Oh, and it was very fun and. Uh, is that the Arietta game? That's the Arietta game where he nice. talked all that shit on Twitter, thought all the fans about how it doesn't matter what you do, it won't be enough. And he's like, I'll just go throw shit out now. Bye bye, guys. <laughs> he did it. And uh, we were leaving, and it was, it wasn't insane, but it was, like, we were definitely three dudes in Cubs stuff, and everybody there, they were, they were mild mannered Pittsburghians, but they were also not super thrilled with the men in blue who'd come to their visit their city for one night and leave it decimated. Sure. Sure. And we were leaving and we were leaving pretty quick and everybody was running around. And then Aaron Lauder was like, Hey guys, my phone is dead. 
And then we were like, don't fucking get separated oh, no. from us, you shithead. And that motherfucker waited three minutes to get separated from us. <laughs> and then me and Charlie stayed together. And then we just walked around outside the stadium for a while, waiting to find Aaron Lauder. And then eventually he just showed up and was like, huh, huh, I can't believe I got separated, guys. It was very frustrating. <laughs> Is that your story of someone you know getting briefly lost? That's like someone what? getting lost. I'm trying. I don't have a ton on people getting lost or me getting lost. I also, like, it's hard to get lost these days. I don't let my phone die. So if I get lost, if I'm lost and I don't know where to go, I use Google Maps. Mm -hmm. And if I'm lost and I don't know where my friends are, I text my friends. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's good to get lost. You ever want to get lost? Sometimes. I feel like there's a, a certain nostalgia to the concept of getting lost. There's also that certain nostalgia of weird things that just aren't possible anymore, like going to a small town and just completely saying that you're somebody else that doesn't exist and like changing your entire life. Like, no, I'm not Matt Schmidt attorney. I am John Fossbender, dishwasher at the local diner, a man with a mystery. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just passing through, but if I could wash dishes for the night to pay for my dinner, that'd be wonderful. And then, boy, that actually does. That sounds no. The manager of the water park still sounds better, but hey, I could just I could fake that you could have it all then. Although, True. did they when did they invent water parks? Probably in like the seventies. Sounds right. So that's gonna be it's just gonna be a small window for me to work my way up to manager, but it's still being early enough for me to lie about my identity and not get caught. I think you're pretty good until like the late 80s. Yeah, it feels like there was a long time where you could just, if you had something that looked like a credit card, you could do whatever you wanted. And like, <laughs> they're just going to make a copy of it. What are they going to do with that? Who cares? Yeah, I won't come back someplace. here. That's fine. <laughs> Thanks for the free hotel room, you idiots. Uh, yeah, you don't stay in any one place too long and every and you can do whatever you want forever. Sounds okay. Hey, now it's okay. Yeah. No. Hey. No. You had some trend. You. What were you saying? Your thing was better. <laughs> Boy, too bad I can't edit that out. <laughs> Maybe not as good as being the, the the tanned, muscly manager of a regional Ooh. water park, but everyone would want me real bad. And if something went wrong, and someone was upset, I'd give them a free corn dog, and it'd turn everything around. Oh man, I haven't had a corn dog in so long. That sounds okay, huh? Yeah. Uh, this year I was like, if I go to the fair and I really want a corn dog, I can have one, even if it has meat in it. And then sure, I sure. went and I was like, you don't eat corn dogs, you son of a bitch. Don't buy one. And I didn't buy one. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I, 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 it's probably just a lie and it's probably just something I tell myself that makes, so I don't even think about stuff. But I honestly do assume that if like I went and ate a bunch of meat that like my stomach would fall out of my butt. Like I wouldn't even be able to do it anymore. I think there's an element of truth to that because I have had friends that were went vegetarian for long periods of time and then like, you know, decided to go off it for a little bit and just talk about how it wrecked their body for a week or two. Yeah. I don't need any of that. Okay, Matt, this has been a great show. We have time for one final segment. That segment is called Plugs. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Plugs, plugs, plugs. Um, let's see. 
Uh, I did listen to the new Courtney Barnett album today. Pretty good. I think I'm going to see her when she comes to town in January. Exciting. So that should be fun. Um, What else? Are a couple of good shows, like light shows that I've been kind of tore through. One was um, The Other Two, I think is the name of it. I have heard the best things about that. That's got uh, Drew Tarver in it, right? Yeah. Probably. I don't know. I don't know anybody's name. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's really good. Uh, It's about the two older siblings of this kid that becomes like a YouTube TikTok singing star. Um, It's fantastic. Uh, I watched uh, Aquafina is Nora from Queens, which has been really good. Both just kind of like light half hour comedies that you don't really have to pay too much attention to. Um, I, I... I have this thing where I just can't, I'm very tired of uh, rich white people being terrible monsters <laughs> television. <laughs> like so I you're can't. loving the new season of Succession. Oh, I love, I love it. My Twitter feed gets taken over by everybody talking about Succession every Sunday night. I'm just like, I don't care. Yeah. I just don't. I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's a fantastic show. I felt the same way about White Lotus. It was the three episodes I watched were really good, but I just could not take more of rich white people being terrible monsters television. And I just was done. I had a fun time with White and Lotus, but succession is so pervasive in the sorts of circles of people I read and follow on Twitter and stuff. Like people don't even feel the need at this point. They're just like, I can't believe Roy did that. And now I, I know that like Roy is some, is code for this is about succession. I can look at something else. Mm-hmm. And like, but it, like reading through is like, I am always like, did, like it, it is like often like basketball writers I follow. And I'm like, who the fuck? Like, Brandon Roy's back in the league? What happened? <laughs> uh, it, it, it's very confusing. But it, it, like you say, it, it's so prevalent that you don't even need to say, this is my succession thought. It's just, this guy sucks. This guy did this. This guy's an idiot. All and the thoughts are out there. Yeah. You can't even try to mute it because they don't say any of the key words in them. It's, right. It's, yeah. It's nothing. Uh, I also have been watching some very light TV. I am in the middle of season two of Joe Para Talks With You. Have you ever watched any of that? Uh, I have not, though. I do like Joe Para. Uh, well, if you like Joe Para, let me tell you, he's the only thing happening in the show. So you're going to love this show. <laughs> uh, it's an adult swim show, and it's on HBO Max. Okay. Uh, there are. It, it's the third season just started. Uh, the third season is not on HBO Max yet, and I don't know how to watch it. But uh, the it's Adult Swim, so the episodes are eleven minutes long. Nice. And uh, it's just the as you would expect if you know Joe Perry, It is the chillest, most laid back, easy going show. Mm-hmm. It really is. He talks with you. The episode I just watched. He goes to the grocery store, and he just tells you about he tells you about his system for buying groceries, which is he asks three questions about every item: Should I eat this? Will I eat this? Can I afford this? And if the answer to all three questions is yes, he puts it in the cart. Interesting. Uh, but it is <clears throat> there is there are certain uh, serialized elements in the show. In addition to it being so, the episodes vary to the degree in the degree to which they are what they purport to be. Like the episode where he goes to the grocery store, really is mostly him taking you around the grocery store. 
But then the episode about winter sports has very little to do with winter sports. Uh, but it's a great show. I highly recommend it. In terms of a very calm, deadpan white man telling us about his daily goings-on and examining subjects, it does share some background with uh, How To with John Wilson. And mm-hmm. they also both have J names in the title of the show. And I saw today that that's coming back, I think, Friday. And that's an even better show. Uh, and so I'm extremely excited to watch that. So if you are interested in semi-documentarial white dude narrated shows, it is your time to live. And it's my time to live. Even I got to get something. If I don't get to be this, the hunky manager at the water park, at least I get to watch some good TV. Huh? I bet that idiot working at the water park version of me, he wouldn't even know who Joe Para is. I pity him. Sure, they probably don't get uh, anything beyond basic cable at the water park. For shame. Matt, it's been a wonderful time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's uh, always a pleasure. I hope that people enjoy the episode. If they don't, fuck them. I agree. Fuck them. Fuck Christmas. Fuck the peanuts. Fuck everybody but me and Matt. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Best wishes in the intervening days. Okay. Hey, look at that. It's exactly.